Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Damn incredible. Tell me a little bit about the book. Uh, well, it's uh, kind of a flashback. a story of the early days of Peace Corps. It's, it's, uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time as a title, and um, collected uh, many stories from my fellow Peace Corps volunteers who served in India in the 1960s, and I've woven it into uh, a kind of a narrative, a story, where we sit around uh, a room, sort of get together in more recent times, and think about our past experiences. So it's a book that's humorous. Uh, insightful. It's uh, also uh, sad in, in, some, in some respects because uh, it was the early days of the Peace Corps and they tended to pick uh, college-age students who were not really well qualified for the roles they were expected to play. And then we were dumped into these very rural sites, uh, challenging sites, left all alone. <laughs> and so we uh, endured and survived, or some of us did. And uh, that's, that's we, we tell that story. But it's also a story of the times, of the 1960s, and the hope and the energy that we had during that period. There was also a lot of craziness. That, uh, but I think the, uh, uh, the group that I was involved with and, the, and the, sort of those who volunteered for the Peace Corps represented some of the better aspects of that generation, and we, we tried our best, let me put it that way. We've got Tom Corbett with us today. He joins us live, and uh, he has a tremendous new book out there. So tell me about the uh, writing process, putting this book together. Well, it was, uh, this one was a little more challenging than my, my uh, typical uh, book, uh, in that I was also representing a number of other people, so I had to make sure I didn't offend anybody. I'm, I'm, maybe I did in the end, but uh, no one has sued me yet, so I think I'm fine. Uh, yeah, uh, but normally, when I when I'm writing, I um, you know it's just really kind of funny. I I, I will get my best thoughts uh, when I'm sort of either late at night or out just walking when I'm not really thinking hard about. Uh, about the topic or the narrative or the, the, where I am in the text. And then uh, this whole paragraph will sort of come to me and images will, will come to me and and I'll, I'll kind of, you know, sift through them and, and pick up the, where I want to go. In this case, though, because I was not only representing my own imagination and my own thoughts, but those of others, uh, it, it was a, a, a little... A little bit uh, uh, different, so I had to run, you know, uh, parts of it back to people to make sure. And, it, and it's, uh, it's odd because we think we, we, we recall things uh, from our past, and it is when you have an opportunity to examine what we thought happened against written records from the time, 
Uh, we often find that our, our memories play tricks on us. So in, in some cases, I sat down with some of my peers from that, from that group, and we sort of hashed out what, what really happened uh, uh, during this incident. And then we kind of triangulated the truth, and that, that's what, that's what uh, got in, in the book. But um, I, had a, I had some memories, I mean, uh, some uh, letters uh, from, that I'd written uh, to my girlfriend at the time. She kept them all these years, and when I reconnected with her uh, a decade ago, she sent them back to me. So that was my written testimony, and a couple of the other uh, of my peers in Peace Corps uh, had journals, and so we used that also to refresh our memory. So it's the... It's a story that's as accurate as we could we could make it, uh, but it's uh, it's also a story of what we were thinking about, what we endured, and uh, what we had some triumphs, what those triumphs were as as well. We've got Tom Corbett with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. So tell me what you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book. Uh, well, you know. I think it's, uh, it, it, it's, for many readers, it's probably going to be the closest they're going to get to really being immersed in a different culture. All of us who went through it, in retrospect, realized that we took away much more uh, from our experience there than we contributed to India. And um, that it, it changed us in probably some very important ways. Because it gave us an upfront view, immersion in a radically different culture. And when you do that, you, you get to appreciate your own culture or at least recognize your own culture more fully. And so I think that's, that's one thing that readers can take away. It's going to be the closest they can come, but they haven't experienced a, a similar kind of thing as close as they're going to get to being sort of a volunteer in a, in a very different world. And also, is, like I said before, or suggested before, kind of a reminder of what, of what you know, our, you know, those far days, uh, those far away days were re really like, uh, both the, on the plus side and to some extent the negative side. And so I find that a lot of the comments, the reader reviews in Amazon.com, they talked about how, not, you know, how for, for younger readers, you know, how rewarding it was to get a, a view of what life was like uh, uh, back then. And there were a lot of little insights, as, as, as you know, for readers that they can pick up uh, about um, how people sort of survive very difficult situations, uh, how they, you know, the, the power of resiliency. I mean, we had young gals who were in villages dealing with life and death situations and they were you know they had to they had to rise to the, the occasion uh, so it's uh, it has, it, 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 on different levels it has, it has many things that will be of interest to different readers we have got Tom Corbett joining us today here in our program we are going to take a brief commercial timeout. Be back here in about two minutes with Tom Corbett, and uh, we will continue to talk about his incredible, incredible book. We've got more coming up on the other side here in about two minutes on our big program. Boom. 
marketing partner with us today. And Transmedia Worldwide, absolutely amazing stuff. Let's go to them. They are one of our brand new marketing partners. Digital Lizards of Doom is a fantasy adventure series inspired by role-playing video adventure games and Saturday morning cartoon shows. Check it out today at Indiegogo.com. Search Digital Lizards of Doom. That's I-N-D-I-E-O-J-O-J-O.com. Search Digital Lizards of Doom. Give them some of your hard-earned money today. Tell them you heard about it here at Transmedia Worldwide. Back live here on our big program, we have got Tom Corbett with us today. It seemed like a good idea at the time is the latest from him. Tom Corbett's book is available on Amazon. So, Tom, this this book, you've you put a lot of time and effort into the book. Uh, what's been some feedback you've gotten on the book so far? Uh, excellent, for the most part. Uh, you know, very high reviews on Amazon.com and Barnes and & Noble. Um, and uh, friends uh, or acquaintances uh, that I've um, who have read it have, you know, also given me, you know, a very positive feedback. Uh, it's uh, like I like I mentioned before. It uh, I think it it, it it appeals to a lot of different people on different on different levels for its humor, for its historical insights, for its insights into culture and and what it's like to live in a in a different world and so on and so forth. And I, before I forget, I, I I do want to mention that how I was motivated to finish this project because yes. it was a little bit more difficult than others and. I uh, had a, I'm, I'm a retired academic, and I had a, had a uh, colleague of mine who is actually now an associate provost at the University of Wisconsin, where I was located. And uh, she, I, I shared with her some of these stories of helping this. And she looked at me one day and she said, "You know, the women uh, volunteers, they did really good work, but you guys were a bunch of screw-ups." And you uh, give me. You were clueless. You didn't know what you were doing. And I said, well, that's true. Uh, she said, this would make a great MASH kind of sitcom. And rather than being in Korea uh, and about the war, you'd be in India in the Peace Corps. And she kept saying this to me. Uh, and she, you know, she's, 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 doesn't give uh, uh, praise out easily. <laughs> she really thought this would make, this was a, a very good set of stories. It would make a very good sitcom about these clueless American kids who were stumbling around in, on these farms in India trying to pretend they were agricultural experts when they clearly were not. Uh, so uh, I always I always laughed at uh, her reaction about the, uh, the women did good work, but you guys were just total screw-ups. It, like it seemed like a good idea at the time. It is Tom Corbett. He joins us today here on our big program. And uh, the book is incredibly well written. Do you have a particular writing style, Tom? Uh, I think if, if uh, I just not that I did it by design, but I think my writing style is a little bit. If you're familiar with Bill Bryson or Michael Perry, it, it, uh, it's 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 I write the way I, I relate to life, which is with a lot of uh, self-deprecating humor, um, and I. And, and if you read some of my fictional books, like Ordinary Obsessions, or even my other memoirs, like, like uh, Confessions of a Clueless Rebel, which is 
my story of the growing up in the post-World War II period, they all are infused with the humor. Uh, but you can read them at different levels. There's also insights, I get into substantive topics, but I never get away too, I never get too far away from the humor because I think that we need more of that in the world and it's just the way I relate to life. So, uh, and uh, other than that, uh, I, 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 I write so that the narrative makes sense to me and that the story makes sense to me. And I think I realized I, I, I wanted to be a writer even as a kid, although I grew up in a working-class neighborhood where no one wanted to be a writer. Uh, I did, and I put it on hold because I also wanted to have three square meals a day and, and a roof over my head. And so I eventually became an academic and been very successful at that, and, and I had a, a wonderful policy career um, and an academic career. But in the back of my mind, I always wanted to go back to writing because I wanted to see if I could tell a good story. And it was it was something that happened to me when I was in college. I ran into my English lit professor, and I confessed to him that someday I'd like to be a writer. And he turned to me, and he said, can you tell a good story? And I didn't have an answer for him then. And so know, 50 years later, I could, if he asked me the question again, I could say, yes, I can tell a good story. So um, it's, it's been a wonderful opportunity to catch up on a youthful dream that uh, I put on the back burner while I had this other very good professional life. We have got a great guest with us today. Tom Corbett joins us here in our program. It seemed like a good idea at the time is the latest from him. And he joins us today here on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com. 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. And uh, Tom Corbett with us today. Buy the book on Amazon. It is available right now. Go over there and uh, check out Amazon. Give us the profile of the typical reader who's going to love your book, Tom. Um, yeah, I, I, the only way I can, I can probably answer that is to uh, look at, at some of the uh, reader reviews that I've gotten to this and, and, and others. Um, I haven't really ever gotten a bad review. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> so that that makes me feel feel uh, uh, good. Um, I, but I think people respond for different reasons. The ones who are older, uh, particularly uh, my, in my memoirs, um, they say, "Boy, you brought me back to my uh, uh, my youth." And I, I can relive it, and you know, I want to thank you for that because I, I can I can evoke the texture of the times, what it was like growing up in the 50s and 60s and 70s and so forth. Um, the younger ones uh, sort of appreciate learning about what it was like back then, and they like the historical lessons. And uh, in my some of my fictional books are also said not only in the United States, but in Afghanistan and other countries. I mean, where I read stories that have about different families and these different cultures uh, in India and, uh, and how they, uh, they interact. And people find, or they tell me, that 
they really learn so much uh, that I'm, I'm their proxy for getting immersed in uh, different cultures and different ways of looking at things. So amidst the, the humor, which is always part of my writing style, my books, it's also, there are also serious lessons, serious issues that I, that I, I grapple with. And I got uh, a lot of people who say in their reviews or to me directly, you made me think about things. You made me think more deeply about, about issues. And I'm a, and I'm a, I taught at the university level, and there's no greater praise than that, uh, than being told that you make someone else think more deeply about uh, the world uh, around them. So uh, those are some of the things that mean a lot to me. We've got Tom Corbett with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. The book is It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time, and he's with us today here on our big program, here on 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, castbox.fm. And uh, among many others, check out iHeartRadio as well and download our podcast at TalkShoe. So, Tom, can we look forward to another book from you soon? Oh, you certainly can. You can, you can uh, go on to uh, com, and that will give you... Uh, my not sort of my non-academic books. They're all listed there. And uh, what's coming up is first uh, a, 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 another academic book that I'm co-writing with a, uh, about evidence-based policy making. I'm not going to recommend that that one for your audience. That's more for the nerds and the eggheads. Um, but after that, I'm going back to uh, finish up the third volume of a trilogy. In a trilogy. Uh, has two volumes already, obviously, Pal- Palpable Passions and Ordinary Obsessions. And it's really a very intriguing um, story uh, about two families, one American, one Afghani. They intersect, and, uh, and it, it, it starts in the era of the Taliban, around the uh, year 2000, and in uh, the the whole, our whole uh, uh, terrorist attack uh, in New York and so forth, but it, it's from the perspective of Afghanistan and then this American family. They intersect and they interweave, and their stories become one. So uh, I finished uh, two volumes. I, I started out to be one book, and people were so interested, it became two books. And now people are clamoring for the third volume. So I have promised people, as soon as I get this academic book out of the way, uh, I'm going I'm to do the, uh, a third volume. And uh, I've written part of it already, but uh, it uh, hopefully will come out later this fall. Fantastic. And it's going to be called Felicitous Fate. So it's a theme. Palpable Passions, Ordinary Obsessions, and Felicitous Fate. And Tom Corbett with us today, and uh, Tom, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the big program and uh, chatting with us, and uh, have yourself a wonderful, 
Wonderful day, my friend. Thanks for being with us and talking to us about the book. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.